women's power to heal Mother Earth. I am Maya Tiwari. In our episode today, I'd like to share my thoughts about a very popular subject called the Guru, a Sanskrit name for teacher, philosopher, someone who is a guide, a leader that helps us to better our knowledge base. In the Vedic tradition, the Guru is much more than just a teacher of any subject. The Guru is the persona, one who has gained that wisdom, an elder wisdom, not necessarily in an elderly person, but the wisdom to guide and show us the way. The subject matter for the Vedic Guru is always Tattvamasi, I am that. It's about myself being the subject, the object, and the awareness that connects subject and object together. Meaning, who am I? What is my purpose? What is my humanity as a person? And basically, altogether, who am I? It is called self-knowledge. In our popular societies today, across the world, we appear to have no clue what and who a guru truly is. We're constantly battling with modern societal conditionings. We have entered a very a time of popular trends where we believe that throwing out the guru will solve our problems of seeking knowledge, searching truths, and otherwise understanding the meaning of our lives. We misunderstand the fact that we are our greatest guru with the fact that we often need a guru to take us there, to not only show us that, but to teach us that. Because what happens when you find the guru within yourself or believe you're finding the guru within yourself only to find the same amount of ignorance in the guru within yourself? Now, I don't mean to be mean about this. But we must understand that having self-respect and having confidence that we are, we are the Absolute, we are Satchit Ananda, we are the awareness and the truth and the infinite all together wrapped into one. But how do we traverse the path, this broken path of humanity, the broken path of our part and, and path of our human experiences, especially in this time of bewilderment, vulnerabilities, challenges, violence, corruption, and so much more. There are many pseudo-gurus, I grant you that, with some, some with many forms of magnetic personalities that can swerve a naive seeker astray. There are many more who use the modern societal conditioning to their advantage by taking advantage of or cultivating massive groups of enthralled followers. But this is not the guru that I'm speaking about. The simplest form of the guru 
Each and every part of nature is a guru. Mother Earth is a humongous guru. Each tree a teacher. Each drop of water a devotee, a saint. Every breath of air a refreshing master. Mother's seeds and the seed sovereignty is the ruling guru of our mother nature without whose sacrificial participation we would starve to death. Every vulgar, vile, violent experience is also, even though we may not want to accept it, a guru. Learning by the lash of the whip, however arduous and bitter the lessons are, these experiences remain our teaching curves and perhaps they are the usually the hardest lessons in navigating our way as a human person to learn. These bitter experiences are our perennial guru in that throughout our lives at every stage we encounter harsh experiences that are meant to show us the lessons we must transcend, we must make better of. When in the human evolution a, hum a guru takes birth, their paths are always riddled with sharpness. They're always surrounded by the ignorance of this world, the biases, the jealousies of those they serve marginalizations, ridicules, and in many cases, castration by violence through violent acts against them. In the popular culture of America, for instance, we, seek, we are constantly seeking and striving to seek the wisdom of ancient East. But we seek consolation sometimes for our best to learn by redefining these values to suit our own societal behaviors. We want to learn. Many of us are earnest to learn from the Master. But because we are so starved for our own loss of sovereignty, we are so starved for that self-worth, we, we have lost so much of our self-sovereignty that we continually find ways to undermine the very guru, the very soul, the very guide that are here just with their selfless service. We often disavow their worth to prove ours, but this is no competition. Whether we're studying algebra or literature with a master, we truly river and are always respectful of our masters. But when it comes to studying the art of self, the science of who I am, the Satchitananda of the very soul and spirit of who we are, we have so much corrupted ideas of what the Guru is and who the Guru should be and how they should serve us and then end up competing with them or with ourselves. The understanding here is that we all walk with a purpose. We all have particular karmas to be served. 
Each one of us has a platform of experiences and intuitions that we can teach from. We are all on the playing field of learning and teaching and experiencing and assimilating this wondrous prana of life. But none of us serve an equal purpose. None of us stand on equal ground, even among the saints and the pure masters. And I'm sorry to have to say pure masters. It's like saying real truth. Because master, mastership, mastery is purity as well. At least those seeking purity. When we meet a real guru from whom we can learn, as in my experience, my knees began to buckle. My heart began to be ripped open. My wounds began to spill out. And for a while, I directed this angst and ire at my guru. For he was the only one there who could delve in and open me up wide to the truth of whom I am. And so, here we need to understand not to be blind in our following a great teacher, but to be thankful that we have even found one, and also to be confident that we are here to seek the betterment of knowledge for ourselves. And therefore, we will not subject ourselves to be used by the pseudo-gurus or those who have other mission to build a humongous following or whatever the material and other other needs may be that do not serve knowledge. To understand this we must understand who we are at a level of our own confidence and our own self-worth before we can take to the knowledge of Tatwamasi that I am that, I am that infinite universe, I am that infinity, I am that illimitable, inimitable truth and awareness and consciousness. But we need a certain amount of, I would say, critical thinking skills. We need a certain amount of, of prowess we have gathered already in our life so that we have the confidence to take that path. Because if we do not, it becomes a very difficult path for us. It is difficult at any event, even for the best prepared of us. But it becomes even more challenging for those who have no clue what they're doing there. This is the path of yagna. You know, that act that every plant that we eat and every seed that we plant perform for us trillions of times every day. The act of self-surrendering, self-sacrificial act so that we humans and the other species can live. This attitude of yajna, of self-surrender, it's not about surrendering at the feet of, of another human person. It is about revering knowledge. It's about the, the veneration 
and the gladness of spirit that we have found a guide that can help us to grow within ourselves. A good teacher teaches you what you want to hear. A great master teach you only what you need to know. And oftentimes it can be bitter. Yajna is one of the principles that operate this self-generating principle of our world. All living beings subscribe, are automatically doing yajna. And when we are conscious of doing the sacrifice, the surrender, the self-surrendering, then we are truly receiving the blissful light of ourselves, of our universe. There may seem to be a paradox with I am that infinite, illimitable consciousness and at the same time I am broken and vulnerable and not incredibly aware of, of so many things in my life, but they do go hand in hand. But as I said, we need a certain amount of preparedness to walk with a guru, to walk with a master. And if we don't have it, we're in for a difficult time, a more difficult time than is generally the path. And let me assure you, when a soul comes into this world to guide and to serve selflessly, to guide and to grow into their own selfless beauty, because after all they are also humans and they have flaws and do have certain characteristics that you may be surprised at, but they are human and it is human to err even for the masters. It is human to have a negative emotion even for the masters. It is a continual journey of making better, making good our understanding of consciousness, our absolute phenomenal sense of awareness, honing it, sharpening it, like a diamond that starts out in the birth of the guru that becomes more and more brilliant every day. But the lessons that the guru go through are so extremely sharp and so extremely austere and harsh that most people would not be able to survive those lessons. And I, so I want you to understand a little bit about the nature of a guru. And if we are not adept enough to recognize one, and we simply go after one because of their popularity or because we're drawn by their personality or because we want to learn knowledge but we're not really prepared to have that knowledge. It, in fact, we just want to be them and we want to know what they know. Well, then it's the wrong reason to even step onto the pathway of the guru. The guru doesn't choose you. And you don't choose the guru. When the true master comes in your life, it is because by all the divinities that surround you, by all the synchronicities that the world has to offer up, that meeting occurs naturally. Thank you for listening. And peace be your journey.